Hello everyone and welcome to The Super Show, episode number 111. I'm your host for this week, Jamie, and I'm joined by a man who, in just two hours' time-ish, will be playing what some onlookers have already called <clears throat> perhaps a contender for the greatest game of all time. But until that point, Chris, you have to sit here on your couch and suffer by talking to me about less exciting games. How does that sound? Uh, to be perfectly honest with you, Jamie, I wouldn't have it any other way, baby. I love that. I also love that inevitably this podcast will run past like the one hour 40 point. That will take us past midnight local time. And I'm going to watch your eyes shifting to the bottom right of your computer every 30 seconds. Yeah. Uh, not even that, like just the, the TV that's like right over there with, with, the, with the PS5. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going I'm to warn people now that if this podcast mysteriously ends with a strange glitch and Chris disappears and it's just me signing out on my own, we all already know what's happened, right? Okay. Don't 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 say that though, because there, I mean, it's <laughs> like there's e there's every possibility that something might happen that could lead to that. That is not Elden Ring related, but yeah, it's not Elden Ring related. Do you know what else is not Elden Ring related? Uh, these nuts, these nuts, partially, but also these podcasts, because um, <laughs> hey, we, we haven't played it yet. We're normal people, um, but what this podcast will be slightly related to, with any luck, is gaming in general, gaming news, gaming releases that we have been able to play, gaming releases that are available to the public. And if you want to join in the conversations that we have about those games and those gaming headlines, then you can do so on YouTube by uh, leaving a comment in the comment section down below, or you can have a head over to Twitter and engage with us socially at our handle oh. at Super Show Pod. Um, that, that's that's my that's my cue, Jamie, that's to, cue. to check to check the uh, the Super Show Twitter. Oh shit! What are you gonna do? Like check the DMs, check notifications. Do we get DMs on the Super Show Twitter? Nah. Is it just notifications? Uh, yeah, who's just in notifications. the notification squad. All, all I've got is uh, Dominic Gerger VIP liked a tweet we were mentioned in. Well, so. If he's liking our tweets, then he is certainly Ooh. a VIP in our hearts and our minds. Um, there we go. You know who else is a VIP in our hearts and minds? It's the people who don't just watch us on YouTube, but they also listen to us on podcasting platforms of their choice because there wow. are a plethora to choose from. I'm talking about Spotify, iTunes, maybe even Google Podcasts. You can head over there. You can listen to the audio version of this production. You can like it, I presume, maybe rate it five stars. Basically, any interaction you can do on any of those platforms all helps because, do you know what? I'm always pleasantly surprised by the number of people who would rather listen to our voices than see our faces. There are, there, are, there are people out there who do that. Like, this is true. I don't know. Although, although yeah. to, to some some of their credit, not all of them, some of them, uh, but they you know, occasionally pop into the YouTube comments saying, I don't true. watch on YouTube, but I'm just here to kind of leave a comment and say, hey. And, and to which I say to them, right back at you, hey. Yeah. Or, or we have like the reverse situation where something goes wrong in the video export and the last 20 minutes gets cut off the video version of the podcast. But if you want all that juicy content, you can just go and listen on Spotify and it's there. I, re I reckon that was Jonesy pulling a, a 3000 IQ move. I mean, we you know, sat try trying to migrate audiences. We we sat in some meetings with that guy as you know various companies approached us to try and help promote video games. Mm. For example, he's got some ideas. He's an ideas guy. Oh God, the best one. What was it? Was it for the division? 
No. Um, I think it, it might have been The Last of Us Part 2 if we're thinking about the same the thing. The Last of Us Part 2. Yeah. Oh, God, I wish Josie was here so you could tell the story. It's great. It just, I, I, yeah. We, 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 shouldn't, we shouldn't say it on his behalf because really that's, that's Jonesy's top quality story to tell. It is. It's one to look forward to when he is back in the hot seat, <clears throat> which I think we both hope will be as soon as possible. Don't know quite when Jonesy will be back yet. Hopefully next week. We'll keep tabs yeah. on it. Um, Should do. But in the meantime, yes, that's a story to look forward to. And also just his presence and personality that we have to look forward to. It's an important part of the dynamic. I mean, it's, it's eh. you, you know, like in Legend of Zelda, the Triforce is the three fucking triangles that make the one big triangle. That's, that's what we, we each represent a triangle. Yes, I agree. You know, although I think. So, so right now, right now, we, we just, we just look like a Toblerone. Right, we've got we've got the knobbly bits down, but we got knobs. We got knobs. We're not complete. Yeah. Well, maybe we got knobs, but we're not in the hole. So. Here's an idea for someone, or rather, something that can act as the third part of the Triforce temporarily as we wait for mm. the grand return of Mister Alex Jones. That's Paisley Radio. I feel like hell yeah, they've they've earned their spot in the Triforce uh, because this podcast is actually broadcast out on Paisley Radio, and you can go and listen to it at paisleyradio.com. That's digital radio, folks. For those who weren't paying attention, online digital yeah. radio, the best variety of digital radio, and that's beamed out, broadcast out on Thursdays at ten p.m. and it's repeated on Mondays if you miss it. Shout out to Paisley Radio. You know what, Jamie? I was thinking about this the other day. Yeah, the future is now, like like. Radio on the internet mm. blows my mind. Exactly. Like I don't, I don't remember the name of the band, but the that song that was on GTA Vice City, they got it all wrong. Paisley <coughs> Radio killed the radio star and then reinvented the radio star by becoming the new radio star. So Paisley Radio killed video after video killed the radio star. I think you've got to move on. Right. You know, you're, you're probably right. <laughs> just the cue. Just the cue. You know. Yeah. For sure. What are we talking about today, Jamie? Like, give us, give us, tickle those balls. Um. Okay. Yeah. Let, let's t- let's tease a few things because you know what? Yeah, this has baby. been a week with some solid headlines, not just some solid new releases. We're going to be talking a little bit about Call of Duty. It seems like there yeah. might be a few new plans going on there, a few changes, some of which we haven't seen the likes of in almost two decades. We're going to break that down and what it might mean for. Let's be honest. One of the biggest gaming franchises in the world. Then yeah. we got a new update from one of the biggest fighting game franchises in the world because Street Fighter has been making waves and headlines this week for some good reasons, some bad reasons, and some homoerotic reasons. Um, oh, and we're, I'm, I'm here. I'm here for all three. Are we going to spend a particularly long amount of time uh, getting involved in the, that third, uh, that third, the third, third leg there. of it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. we're going to hop on over to Bioware briefly. We're going to see what they've got going on because again, a little bit of mixed messages <clears> going on. Uh, and coming out of those camps, depending on who you're listening to and uh, how far along in development you want one of their hot new projects to be. We're going to uh, yeah. touch on that. And then, for anyone perhaps disappointed by that piece of RPG news, there will be another piece of RPG news that we'll discuss um, that well, will, I'm sure, excite and like, ar- arouse a lot of people. Like RPG adjacent, right? I mean, life is RPG adjacent, if you think about it. This podcast is RPG adjacent. I, I would love to RPGify this podcast. What would that look like? Would it be I have like no idea. maybe like the more you listen to it, the longer you listen to it, the more episodes you listen to it, you accrue XP and then you level yeah. up. And then when you level up, I don't, I don't know what you get to do. Like maybe one of us becomes a boss and you have to kill us. I'm spitballing here. Who would be. Okay. 
Who who would be the final boss out of the three of us? Oh, out of the three, because I was going to say Paisley Radio. Out of the three of us, <laughs> I, in my mind, it's always you. But I think that's because, again, I don't know how much we've like made this clear in the past. But at one point, you were technically my boss. So I still so like. <laughs> Like, yeah, you're you're still traumatized from that time. Very see, much. So. I get it. I get yeah, it. All I still right. have the battle scars. Uh, I I I'd say uh, Jonesy, to be honest. Yeah, he'd be the like, toughest to like, take down. Yeah, but because like he's got that whole survivalist angle. He wears those monkey shoes with the little toes. True. Um, he's he's really good at a, a crossbow. Yeah, uh, not a crossbow, a, a longbow, reflex bow, re recurve. I think those are all thing. kinds of bows. Yeah. He's a bowman, is what I'm saying. <laughs> he, and, he is a uh, bowman, yes. <laughs> yeah, and we, we always joke that, like, if ever there was a zombie apocalypse, Jonesy would be, like, we'd all just go to Jonesy's house. Yes. Because he, he's like, I think he's like a closet prepper. I, I think that he'd be the most likely to make the surprise announcement that, and this isn't us delving into current affairs, but, again, if he had, like, some kind of nuclear shelter or a bunker and a prepper stash, I think you're right. It wouldn't surprise anyone. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, yeah, and yeah. In fact, I had a conversation with some old colleagues of ours not that long ago, uh, we all, and we all worked together, so they know Jonesy as well, and they were talking about the fact that if there were a Hunger Games that was populated by the then employees of that company, that Jonesy would probably win out of just about everyone. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably vouch for that one. <laughs> I, think, I think you and I would be mutilated. Oh, yeah. I, the, the, what I said to them is that uh, they'd discover my body really near the starting area and they'd be like, oh my God, like someone shot him. And they'd be like, hang on, there's and, no bullet there's wounds an, or arrow yeah, holes. There's a, <laughs> and then they look and it's like, oh. You just had a heart attack. Yeah, the dude had a heart attack running. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then you know what? There's going to be me squashed underneath you. <laughs> yeah, I just, you're like, you're like, yeah, let's team up. And I just, I collapse on top of you and you can't move. <laughs> And he's like, oh no, Chris didn't die instantly. He was crying for help and died of starvation like a week yeah, later. Like, yeah, exactly. It's taken a very long time. Yeah. It's like, you know, I've oh, been 27 I hours, except it was me instead of a big rock. Yeah, and, and, they, and they find my body and like half my arm is gnawed off because I'm trying to... <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to get it out from underneath. Could oh, happen. God. I, I like that we're fleshing out the Super Show lore. Yeah, know? I agree. I agree. It's a, it's a little bit of fun. A little bit of fun. There we yeah. go. Thinking about it, actually, Chris, you know what else is a bit like the Hunger Games? Tell me. It's the comment section, or just about any video that can be found at the uh, Super Show Podcast YouTube channel. Um, yeah. Because, you know, you're fighting against, it, it, in a kind of a non-aggressive, non-physical way, you're sort of metaphorically fighting against all the other commenters for the right to be called the comment of the week. Ooh, nice. Yeah. And I've got to come clean, there has been a winner of this week's comment of the week, Hunger Games. Yes, there has. And it's our old friend Doppler, whose name we're going to be hearing again later on in the podcast. Um, Hell yeah. And they share some good news. Would you want to hear it? Uh, I'm, I'm so ready for good news, Jamie. I, I crave good news at the moment. Okay, cup your ears for this then. Apparently, huh? Geld is becoming a thing in Australia, called one of my mates it, and now mutual friends are using it as an insult, not even knowing what it means. <laughs> Thanks for the years of entertainment, lads, whilst I try and share the Super Show love and entertainment to more people. Oh, lovely. Thank you. I, I love the fact that Geld is like, I would imagine a world where Geld becomes like a popular term of insult just, yes. just by like natural osmosis from, you know, just cropping up like that. Like, for instance, Doppler in Australia calling his mates a Geld. Um, 
and it overtakes any known substance like like it, it grows bigger than us as the super show oh you yeah. know like the people the people that kind of like try to bring it mainstream and it's like because we said last week didn't we that hey you know spread the sh- super show love to your friends and to as many people as you can which you know doctor says he's done so thank you doctor but more than that i think geld is going to overtake it oh yeah at some point like a thing like that can get out of your hands very quickly and become larger than you ever were like you know that I'm a, a a big Giant Bomb fan, and I'm sure plenty of listeners know that I've followed Giant Bomb for years. Oh, well, like, means, like Drew Scanlon. Yeah, so like when being aware of the <clears throat> origin and like the even being aware of the stream where the blinking white guy <laughs> meme originated, and having that moment of, and of course the you know the mystique around it got you know vanished very quickly as he was he came forward and was interviewed news in on Good Morning America and all this crazy shit. But there are a few days there where I was like. Why is everyone sharing a gif of Drew Scanlon's face? And that might be us, where we're just like, hang on a second, why do fucking like 700 people watch our podcast and now tens of thousands of people are saying geld? I would love that. Like, I, I, think, I think it's maybe one of my life's ambitions to be turned into a meme. Mm-hmm. What do you it's think your meme would be? Like a reaction <gasps> meme? Do you think it'd be pulling a face like a blinking white guy style? Oh, I'd, yeah, I'd like it to be a GIF. I'm, I'm big on, on GIFage. Okay. You've, yeah. uh, you've got a few things that could be turned into GIFs. Like, I feel like you do a few different... There are a few just different gestures and hand motions that you've done over the years. Nothing that Hold I can... on, hold on. What, 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 hold, hold on. I'm, hey, I'm not, being, I'm not being lewd here. Don't worry. Mm, hold on. I guess, yeah. uh, what, what kind of hand gestures are you, you, you're talking about here? I'm talking about the one where you, um, you, you mime the uh, like, masturbation in the air. That was you, right? You invented that. Oh no, I did the long. Stroke. Okay, see it again like that. That I don't know what it would be used in relation, <laughs> but like that could be one there. Yeah, boy. Like if you were no, ever I, taking I, the piss out of someone for having a twelve-inch penis that came out right in the middle of their chest, like. <laughs> I, I, it's a good question though. Like, what would be your memeage? Like, I don't know what my memeage would be. Yeah. Do you know, you know what? Like, like, like there's. Yeah. I, I think the closest thing is maybe uh, Crispy King. Yes, that's a good uh, one. For, the, for those who don't know, is whenever I answer the phone, I say, you know, and it's like a number you don't recognize, or whatever, you pick up the phone, you say, for instance, Jamie would be like, hello, this is Jamie, or yeah, hi, it's Jamie here, or Jamie speaking. When I answer the phone, I go, uh, hi, Chris speaking. So, Chris speaking, but it just sounds like I'm saying, like, hello, Crispy King. Yeah, and like 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 it's some kind of like fried chicken restaurant. That's the thing. Yeah, it sounds like a fast chi- a fried chicken restaurant. Fried chicken chain, like a fast yeah. food joint. I love it. Although, like again, like now you're taking me back to that office and and working at ATG, and again, like we were being filmed and you know improvising for want of a better way of putting it on Constantly, camera, yeah, all the time, and a load of things did come out of that. We just again, I think you need. It's not even about having an audience that are going to pick something up and make it their own. It's about a stroke of luck and a relatability that transcends True. your audience. Because I remember now, and I've got, for some reason I only remember the ones that like at least partly featured me, probably because I was self-conscious about them. But Steph used to do annoying things all the time where like <laughs> there was uh, there was some... There's some it, things, Steph, Steph's got a couple of players. Yeah, exactly. I love a couple and, and, of players. And also, like, less so for the audience, but for, for us... Steph's meme would be like, "Oh, I'm down." Yeah, I'm whenever we yeah, play literally. mobile ga- uh, um, multiplayer games with him and like battle royale or Warzone, whatever it is, 
<laughs> and he goes off on his own. We don't know where he is. And then we call him and he's like, Steph, what's going on? He's like, oh, I'm down. I'm down. I'm dead. Yeah, <laughs> all the time. Every fucking time. I, I just, uh, you just remember one from Jonesy as well, from the first ever iteration <clears throat> of a, a show that's name I can't remember. Um, yeah. What, what was the show that on Auto Gaming, the new show that we did on the couch? Level Up. Level Up. I've <laughs> seen that's how bad my memory is getting and how long ago that shit was. But Jonesy, uh, we would, must have been talking about a new release or an upcoming release. And it was, we do, there's always that thing, isn't there, when you're doing a little bit of ad libbing where someone's got to take the turn to finish the sentence. Someone's <laughs> got to pick, you know, pick up the torch and be like, I'm ending it. And it was clearly Jonesy's turn. And we both kind of looked at him and he'd just go, I'd buy it. And it was the weird, like, silence after <laughs> I'd buy it that, yeah, I don't know. Because <laughs> it was just that awkward thing of like, okay, you know, we, we've, we've ad-libbed. Now it's your turn, Jonesy. And just, you're, yeah. sometimes your mind just goes blank. Jo- yeah. I feel like Jonesy has a lot that we could do. Maybe, maybe that the audience don't know, but like we, we kind of get into. Like, there was one time he just said seven in a very weird oh, he was like, way. Say oven. Say oven. He pronounced, yeah. he pronounced layer, layer. Yes, fact, which is quite funny. Literally, just before seconds before we started recording, we were joking about how Jonesy sometimes used to put a weird emphasis on the wrong word when he was saying the names <laughs> of films and games. And the example we came back like, remembered was he kept calling it Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back. The Empire Strikes yeah. Back. Like, hang on, that's not right. <laughs> I guess that's hard. Uh, that's hard to memeify, but yeah. Yeah. Well, may- maybe this is like almost a an early uh, call to action. Jamie, where we ask the uh, the listeners to leave a comment yeah. saying what they think the memes would be from, oh, okay. like if we had to make them, right? I guess if the, yeah, that's like I, for a second I thought you were gonna like ask them to try and make stuff, which is like no, no, no force no, no, no. it, right? <clears throat> no, of course not. But if there's something that kind of sticks in their mind, like hey, that was yeah. funny. Like I I remember <clears throat> one that I can't get over because it haunts me. I I still can't sleep to this day, Jamie. Uh, you know, I I can't sleep soundly. But we did. God, I don't even remember what the video was. It might have been like a Minecraft six list. Okay. But people were taking it. Jamie, it, it's difficult for me to talk about. Okay, so just bear with me if I hey, start cracking up and breaking we, we, down. We're all okay. on your side here. We're all allies. <clears throat> I'm, not, I'm not native to, to Britain. No. The Isles, all right? I, I have a bit of an accent, right? Hadn't noticed. Hadn't. <laughs> But uh, I was uh, mercilessly taking the piss out of for the way that I say world. No, because I said it funny there. I said it yeah, funny there. Yeah, but do it that the exact same way again, please. World. <laughs> that, that is good. Because that just be sounds fair. like world, right? Wor- like, world, yeah. World. It reminds me of when... Um, Again, I don't know how many of the the terminology I'm about to use is like again native to this country, but we had, in school we had a tuck shop, which was a small shop that sold sweets, and it was run by gappies, who are people who came over on their gap year to run it. Gappies and sounds like such fucking like it sounds like a word you shouldn't be saying. It's uh, yeah, basically all all it was was like 19 year old Australian and uh, South African dudes who would come for like one term and yeah. run the run the tuck shop and. Coach the gap, shit yeah. sports teams. Exactly, yeah. Um, and the funnest thing to do would be to go to that tuck shop and ask them or try and trick them into saying the name of a famous chocolate bar here in the UK called a Curly Whirly. Because there's nothing better than an Australian guy going, well, do you want a bloody Curly Whirly or not? <laughs> that was always fun to do. Curly Whirly. 
Yeah, actually, it sounds quite normal from you. You've you've kind of yeah. nailed that one. And 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 for for the baseline, I would just say world is like world. Do curly world. Let's bring the two Cur- together. Curly curly world. Uh, so, uh, the, yeah. the other one is milk, right? Like milk. Mulk. Mulk, mulk. I don't yeah, say it's... mulk, though. <laughs> it's a little bit of a mulk going on. There's a little bit of a U sound there. M- m- mulk. Mulk. See, if it mulk. was you, and I- I'd say mulk. <laughs> that is what you're saying. <laughs> it's not what I'm saying. Mulk sounds like if, like... Some weird, I don't know, futuristic, like dystopian film where milk becomes a trademark term and the knockoff becomes called oh, like gets, TM. Gets called milk, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Like, uh, my son's um, allergic to dairy, so we have to get him this, like, uh, you know, like cheese made out of, like, uh, coconut butter and coconut oil and sure. all that shit, whatever. Uh, and one of, one of them is called Sheese. S H E E S H. I love it, yeah. Sheese. It's like, would you like some cheese? Get upgrade that to she's in a can, and you're really talking like that's a, that's a yeah. night in on your own. That's your bachelor's night in right there. Hell yeah, um, she's in a can. Don't tell the police. Definitely what? no cheese in a can. <laughs> oh, it's a little hold on. My camera's gone. My camera's gone. See, these are just focus issues. One thing that we don't have with, with Jonesy <laughs> missing a week is we don't have one of the third of us um, just turning blue halfway. Like, <laughs> Jonesy actually partaking in a mysterious early promotional campaign for the upcoming Avatar films. Yeah, turning <laughs> the, the worst thing is trying to color correct his his image because I I forget sometimes that it just like goes from blue to orange just right, on a yeah. whim. So you put your playhead on the edit. Uh, oh God, hold on, my internet's gone. No, I'm back. Okay, You're um, you put the playhead on the point that you want to like you know the, the image, still image, and you say okay, I'm going to color correct this now. And you color create it, and then you forget about it, and then you go back and you're playing it, and then you stop it, and you're like, I thought I color corrected this footage. Why does he look like a fucking Smurf? <laughs> or why does he look like he's been like in the sun for 48 hours? Like it's it's yeah. mad. I know. Uh, we, I know we need it, yeah. to. We need to. Um, we definitely need to invest in a better camera for Jersey. I'd like to invest in a better camera myself. To be fair, I was uh, playing around with the Elgato face cam. On Tuesday, Ooh, la, or some la. some work related business, and that is a good that is a good camera. Yeah, is that what you'd have your eyes on as an upgrade? Yeah, because I mean, like, look, nothing's gonna beat like a DSLR, but I, like, and, and I'll get to face cam. It's like 150 pounds, you right? Know? Like, you're not the the quality you're getting from that thing. You're not gonna get for that price on anything else. Oh no, exactly. Um, yeah, like even entry level DSLRs, you're still looking at a good chunk more than that. Oh, 100%. You know. Uh, yeah. And then it's also just the bulk of it and the convenience, you know, blah, 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 et cetera. But hey, Jamie, games. <laughs> yeah. Back, back on track, baby. Games. Uh, have you been playing any games this week? Uh, we're not talking about games, Jim. I don't, who gave you this idea uh, to talk what? about that, games? You're right. That's a, a crazy idea. I'm sorry. No, look, I, I haven't, okay? For, for numerous reasons, uh, mainly work-related, I've had some big projects that have been coming up and... Um, uh, one of them was traveling to Red Bull in Milton Keynes, which is quite nice and fun. That was what I was doing on, on Tuesday. Yeah. And um, yeah, just all the prep for that just kind of like really took all my time. I didn't have, like, I haven't even, like, we're on the fucking dawn of Elden Ring coming out, and I haven't even finished Sekiro. Like, I don't know what to do. Obviously, I'm going to be playing Elden Ring tonight, and I'm going to probably be streaming it tomorrow. Slash today when you're hearing this, or slash 
yesterday or the day before, depending on when you start listening it over the weekend, etc. Yeah. But I still want to finish Sekiro. Like it's 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 like it's an annoyance now, you know. Yeah, you know what? I know it's easy to brush everything under the rug with a Jurassic Park quote and and say that life finds a way. <laughs> life, life, finds does, a way. life does find a way, and I've got the utmost confidence that you're going to get all of those things ticked off your list in due course. But in the meantime, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. again, I know annoyingly we can't talk about any experience of it <clears> firsthand, <throat> but Nelden uh, Ringstream, what's uh, oh, w- what would be the URL of choice should people want to peruse a little Elden Ringstream oh, on launch day? Wow. Well, thank you. That would be twitch.tv forward slash hot panic. So mm. what, what I'm planning to do is like do my character creator, do the little tutorial, get out into Limgrave, which is the main kind of open field in the first part of the game. Uh, yeah. Maybe fuck around there for a bit before, you know, passing out tonight. Um, maybe play some during lunch tomorrow. I don't know. Uh, but the point would be that when I, when I stream it, it would not be from the very beginning. Uh, right. Which might be a mistake, but I, I just can't help myself. I've been really, really hyped about this game, as apparently so has the rest of the world, Jamie. I mean, have you seen all the... I mean, by the time this comes out, people would have played it, but the the review embargo uh, dropped yesterday at the time of recording. Yeah. yeah. And, like, there was a sense that we knew it was going to be good. Uh, I had a sense, especially firsthand, having played the network test last year and did call it my, unironically, uh, game of the year... Of 2021, um, but like it, it is quite astounding how. Let's be honest, okay. Dark Souls, yes, it's a very popular or Souls-like or Soulsborne, whatever you want to call it. It's a very popular genre, but at the same time, it's like popular, but it's still considered niche in a yes. way. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I believe. Yeah, completely. Agree. You know, Dark Souls and Sekiro and. Um, Bloodborne, they're, they're very much these kind of things that are kind of measured by their toughness, their hardness, their difficulty, and that turns a lot of people off. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, obviously they've taken great strides in trying to kind of like widen and broaden the appeal of these games, especially like with Elden Ring and the um, open world setting. But I was quite astounded by how unanimously people are coming up against yes. saying that this is like. It could be a game of a generation, if not like, you know, a goat. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, I think there is an almost sometimes frustrating amount of predictability to the way the games industry can work sometimes. <laughs> and there are that, there's that weird thing where every time I go on Open Critic, it lets you take a guess at what the average score will eventually be. And nine <clears> times <throat> out of ten, I feel like I'm going to be spot on. Like, you could just kind of, you can just tell. Like, there's always something innate yeah. to a game that kind of gives you a hint at that. And I'll be honest, I was wrong with Elden Ring. I thought it was going to be really well-received, but I thought it was going to nestle really nicely in that sort of uh, Dark Souls 3, sort of uh, Sekiro, but not quite Bloodborne level of praise in terms of the critical consensus. Because DS 1 and 2, and especially Demon Souls, their Metacritic stuff is slightly... It felt like the we you critics and audiences kind of in tandem grew to that appreciation, yeah. and then the retrospective admiration for those old, earlier titles kind of grew with that. Um, and I was wrong. And again, like people, you know, can make comments and make jokes, and a lot of them would be completely justified. We were in a group chat earlier where um, <laughs> Steph talk, made the comment that, like, hey, I wonder how many people who are uh, praising Elden Ring also praised Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, which yeah, is a he- it's it's not a good argument to make, but it's a funny comment. 
it, um, it, it's it's right though. Like you, you kind of hit the nail on the head a little bit earlier when you you said like it's always you can kind of expect to see where the industry goes in some of this stuff. Yes. Like you look at the lead up to the release of Cyberpunk and then the reviews that dropped and yeah, places gave it ten out of ten. But that but what stunned me is the like again, and I know some people don't like it as a as a kind of a metric, and I get that. But to get a Metacritic score of ninety seven after upwards of fifty reviews, it's like <clears throat> my fucking Uber passenger rating is like four point eight two. If you put me on a ten point scale, I wouldn't be as unanimously praised as being essentially perfect via a scoring <laughs> system as I am on Uber compared to El- like. That's remarkable, you know, and yeah. it's one of those things where, again, I, I I know it's a strange metric to use. I know that people make comments and some of them are justified about those systems and about those reviews and about the individuals who write them. But again, like, that's incredibly impressive and incredibly unanimous, right? You know, yeah. when you're yeah. talking about even just the mathematics of something like that, it only takes a few people to be like, hey, this didn't click with me for, a, yeah. for something like that to be thrown off. And yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, and then that weird. person that that person that dropped down the Metacritic score to get like death threats, as yes, exactly, what happened yeah. with Breath of the Wild. Um, Although, again, yeah. one thing I will say about this, and I think watching some of the reviews and reading some of the reviews from major sites, especially, has reaffirmed this for me, is that I think one downside of the increased popularity that's, as you very accurately pointed out, has come hand in hand with the almost weird sort of nicheness of this subgenre of games, and especially the ones developed by From Software specifically, is that I think now so many websites and publications and YouTube channels have in-house Soulsborne guys. Yes. And when Elden Ring you know, comes through, you get that email, you've got the code, and someone needs to play 80 hours of that game in the next seven days and write a review, you give it to the person who you know is going to understand that game, who's going to understand the you know the visual language of it, so to speak, who's going to make progress, who's going to be able to refer back to older FromSoft titles and make comparisons. Yeah. So you're putting it in the hands of someone who already knows well, what they're talking about. Which yes, I think, potentially, yeah. but, but, but also depending on like how sorted they are as as a publication like it's a pretty stacked month already and you kind of have to think to yourself like it either goes that way where it goes it either goes one of three ways in my opinion and the most likely is the scenario you said where it goes to that souls person Mm -hmm. the other thing is it goes to the open world person right yes and then the third one is it just goes to whoever's fucking available Yes, I, I just, right. Like, yeah, like it, it, it happens. It happens. But yeah, I don't know. Like, it. I think. I think what it is is when you look at Elden Ring, it seems to be a very good from soft Soulsborne game, right? Mm-hmm. First and foremost. Yes. Then it separate to that, it seems to be a very good open world game. Yes. Right. And then you kind of like match the two together, and then that's why you're kind of getting these ten out of ten scores all over yeah. the place. And um, it was those open world elements and those reactions that I remember texting you on uh, embargo <laughs> day and being like, "Damn, it's hyperbolic, sure, but it's also damn incentivizing." Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and it, it's funny, like I know Steph in in our voice in our in our um, WhatsApp chat was saying, "Oh yeah, but you know, Cy- they also gave Cyberpunk ten out of ten or nine out of ten, blah blah blah." But I think, I think publications are probably because of that going to be a lot more 
you scrutinize things a lot more, as it were. Sure. And try not to fall into that cyberpunk trap. Obviously, it's always going to be difficult depending on how kind of shady the publisher is going to be. Mm-hmm. But by, by all means, it doesn't necessarily seem to be the case in this instance. Yeah. I'm just excited about it, man. Like, never mind that I played the game and I enjoyed it and I enjoyed Souls games, even though I'm relatively new to the kind of genre. Um, but what I, I'm most excited about is the idea of a game that kind of pushes the oh, fucker what is it like like swings the pendulum further right right yeah, yeah so you know if i'm thinking of some of my like uh game of the years in recent memory like you talk about breath of the wild how that was the next kind of iteration of what an open world should be mm-hmm. and this is like adding to that and building off that and it kind of rings true what i said in in when we're talking about breath of the wild as my game of the year was saying like just you wait. Games in the future are going to be completely influenced by what's happened here. And that yeah. Elden Ring is the perfect example of the mm. case. Um, and then I think of stuff like uh, God of War. Yeah. Right? And for me, that kind of like, you know, pushed the marker f- further in terms of its storytelling. Yes. And then again, that game itself was also relatively influenced by a Dark Souls-style combat formula so mm-hmm. it, it's 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 interesting that like i always like to see like that next iteration like say what you want and I, i'm sure i'm gonna i mean i'm gonna ask you about it just when we wrap this up but you talk about games like uh horizon forbidden west which are like you know mechanically sound visually gorgeous but do they do they swing the pendulum further i mean i know yeah. that's a rhetorical question but like, it's uh, debatable yeah, i guess like no is the simplest answer right <laughs> Right, yeah. So, so that's that's why I'm most excited about this. Like, and and I think it's something that people should be excited about, whether they are interested in open worlds or docs or Soulsborne games, anyway. Because whether you like this game or not, like, it's going to have an impact on your games in the future. Yeah, and it's undeniable. Yeah, like I I think I was saying to you. Or I made the observation when we were chatting last night that, and like, hey, Jonesy won't like this, so maybe cover your ears, Jonesy, if you're listening. But <laughs> like, we might have to get used to saying the name Elden Ring a hell of a lot every time we're talking about you know progressive and forward-looking game design elements, for, you know, for the next four or five years. In the same way, we haven't been able to stop saying Breath of the Wild for the last yeah, you know, four to five years. Hey, again, except unless your name is Jonesy, in which case you're like, nah, it's overrated, right? And it also just makes me feel like I have to touch this thing. And I know that's such a weird like <laughs> verb to use in video games. <laughs> you it makes pervert. it sound grubby. Like you I need to pervert. get my fucking my Cheetos fingers all, all over this thing. <laughs> I need to touch it. I need to touch it. Oh, I want to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, uh, you know me, I've got that, that sort of FOMO. And I, 2022 can't pass with a game sat there at the top of Metacritic on a fucking 97 <laughs> and me not knowing at the very least if I like it or not. And if I don't yeah. like it, fine. It's another year, like, fucking Outer Wilds and all that shit where I just have to be really annoyed <laughs> that I don't get it, but, you know, concede that I don't get it. But maybe I'll get it. Maybe. Maybe I'll Who get knows? it. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, man. So, like, you know, look look forward to next week where uh, I'm going to... St- and because I'm going to be playing it probably for a very long time, look forward to the Elden Ring Hour debuting next week next week what if we just changed the name of the show to the elden ring cast and it was chris's chris's ring power hour 
yeah, yeah. I mean, now we're kind of like blurring the lines between what we're talking, whether we're talking mm. about a video game, we're talking about your anatomy. I think that's part of the appeal, though, right? Yeah, tune in to find out. How will we know? Will Chris's <laughs> arsehole come up? Tune in, listen, find out. Almost Hell definitely yeah. yes, though. Well, um, yeah. You know what? But yeah. yeah, but I am unironically looking forward to those discussions. I don't know if I'll be able to contribute to them immediately, but I think just hearing your thoughts is going to be very, um, very. Oh, interesting. You'll, you'll hear my thoughts with you, one or not, because I'm going to be on that fucking uh, uh, <laughs> group chat. Even if no one's fucking replying to me, I will be messaging like every fucking ten minutes. Well, damn! Oh my god, this happened! Oh my god, that happened! All I, all I can say, and me this would like uh, wholeheartedly, I hope to experience the hype that you've got for Elden Ring for another title at some point this year. Uh, it's it's possible, right? Rag- Ragnarok is coming. So <laughs> I mean, They said that two years ago, <laughs> word for word, <laughs> and it didn't. Um, Ragnarok's been coming for a while now. Um, yeah. But I'll be coming well, Ragnarok is coming, if you know what I mean. Yeah, ask me how... No, uh, but yeah, that's Elden Ring. And Jamie, I'd, I'd very much like to kind of like play some uh, co-op with you when that chance hey. arises. But yeah. in the meantime, Jamie, yes. you, you've been very busy playing something else, haven't you? Yeah, um, Horizon Forbidden West came out. Um, came out. Uh, it feels like we're, it runs like clockwork. A new release coming out at midnight <laughs> as we finished recording the podcast. So I jumped in last Friday and I have played about 12 hours or so uh, at this point. So okay, yeah. How 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 long is how long do they reckon the game is in total? Do you know what? I think people who were reviewing it ended up playing it in the thirty to forty hours or so. Um, okay, I'd, I'd imagine. Okay. Maybe so, so you're probably about like a quarter of the way. Yeah, and I think if you were to sort of like try and identify where I was on that sort of that spectrum between. I'm doing every single piece of side shit that I can possibly do, or I'm just mainlining the story quests. I lean more towards the side shit. Like, I did yeah. play another hour this evening, and I decided ahead of time I wasn't going to do a main quest, so I just ran around and I did, you know, a few different sort of, like, puzzle areas and found a few collectibles that bothered me because they're on a map. <laughs> because, uh, hey, Elden Ring might give you a map with nothing <laughs> on it, but Horizon sure does give you a map with a lot of things on it. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, look, I, one thing I want to say up front, because I worry that if I start this conversation in the wrong place, then I could give people the wrong idea, is that Horizon yeah. Forbidden West is a very, very good game. It's one of the best games I've played in a little while, as someone who hasn't been hugely enamored with that many of the releases, say, last yeah. year, for example. It's yeah. um, a game that I, I feel an active draw to go back to, even after 12 hours of open-world shenanigans right off the back of Far Cry 6 and Cyberpunk 2077. And it's a game that I can already see shaping up to feature in any discussions we have towards the end of the year as I you know, look back on some of the better game experience I've had uh, in 2022. But um, there's Ooh. also this weird sort of like nitpicky side of me that comes out with a game like Horizon Forbidden West. The way I described it to you the other day when we were chatting was that if the Uncanny Valley is usually referred to... Um, Usually used to refer to faces, or you know, when we're like we're recreating human faces or human movements and motions, or even human behavior. And it's so innate or second nature to us that when something is slightly off in the way it's reproduced, we immediately notice it. And yeah, it's far more disconnecting from the experience than it actually should be, given how close it is to being perfect. Um, Horizon 
it, it is like at times it feels like Uncanny Valley the game, where <laughs> so much of it is so good and so well done and so polished and so expensive. Um, and that's just me reading between the lines because if there ever there were a game that looked <laughs> like money, Horizon yeah, looks like yeah. money. Um, yeah. But every now and then there'll be something that's just ever so slightly off, and you just go, ah, oh, oh, weird. In a way that, if it had happened to me when I was playing Cyberpunk two weeks ago, I wouldn't have thought twice. But in Horizon, like one cutscene of dodgy lip sync, or one you know moment where the physics on her hair flip out, or one you know a very bad uh, pop in experience, graphically speaking, and you just go, "Oh, that's that's weird." And I, I'm stopping yeah. to take stock of this in a way that I wouldn't in a game that set lower expectations. Um, it's yeah, odd. It's, it, it's it's weird, isn't it? Because it's almost like it's almost like the high level of polish or, or the higher the level of polish, the more critical you are of any of those little kind of like niggles. Exactly. Whereas like, yeah, you, you, you step into a game like Cyberpunk, like it, it's by all accounts when it works, it's like a phenomenal looking game. But at the same time, it's, it's also kind of like janky. So, you, yeah. you, you know, like shit happens and you're like, yeah, that's fine. It's the same with almost like Bethesda games, right? Like they-, they Totally. They can look really good, you know. Like, don't don't look at like Skyrim screenshots now and just think to yourself, like, oh, it looks like that. Like back in the day, that was the shit, you know. Like, it looked fucking quality. Yeah. Um, but there was also kind of like this this level of like I don't know jaggedness to it or edginess to it or you know fringe stuff to it that yeah. When shit goes wrong, you're just like, oh yeah, there it is, cool. But yeah, with with everything that I've seen, I mean, I haven't played Horizon. But from everything I've seen about it and the coverage, because obviously I'm, I'm interested in these kinds of things, so I do consume the content around it. Um, it looks absolutely stunning. It looks so gorgeous. Oh, my everything God. Everything looks like super, super polished. <sighs> but then, yeah, if, if you get these niggles, like, yeah. it definitely uh, stands out a lot more than you'd probably expect it to. And, yeah, they, they end up just being a weird asterisk next to what should be the more important clarifying statement, which is this is at times one of the best-looking games I've ever played in my life. Um, yeah. There are times where I, I, I genuinely am astounded by what I'm looking at. Um, and it's not just that they do one specific thing particularly well. It is the combination of the world design and the fidelity of the world design. It's the the machine designs and that almost like mm. pe- that almost I know they don't transform, but that, that transformer like <laughs> animation where they like all these moving parts and shards and plates and ever and everything still is so majestic in motion and so fluid and it's a game that's got such a phenomenal cinematic quality that it can snap into at a moment's notice it feels like almost like as soon as combat is initiated the game knows that you're like it should take on this more cinematic presentation and you know you're it's it's very 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 nice to look at and the things that weren't so nice to look at in uh, zero dawn have all been improved across the board as well you like you look at um the, the you know the faces and lip sync and you know yeah, the, yeah. the animations not just for the player character but Aloy but uh, also almost every single sort of every but even like game. the performances right like it, everything top to bottom has been dramatically improved in terms of visuals and presentation um, but yeah like it, it's a game with asterisks asterisks what's asterisks is that the plural of asterisks? Asterisks, yes. Yeah, you almost want to go into an asterisks kind of thing. All I know is he's a plucky cartoon character. Yes. Uh, see, I'm more I, of an obelisk it, guy. Well, you see, I was going to say, in many ways, I am the 
I'm the asterisk to your oblix. <laughs> How has no one ever made that comparison before? That's actually quite fitting. I, I am the Timon to your Pumba. Yeah. It's almost like... I, I am the Danny DeVito to, to your Arnold Schwarzenegger and twins. See, that, that's maybe a little too flattering. I don't know how I've gone from Pumba to Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah, I think actually when you dig down, maybe small, thin guy and tall, big guy combos are like quite common. Yeah. <laughs> in real life and in, and in fiction. It's true. Fats and smalls, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Laurel and Hardy, were they that? They were that, Yes, right? yes, they were. Um... Yeah, uh, going back to Forbidden West though, like there are other <laughs> things. So basically, Aloy's got this new um, companion now. He's eight foot tall and he weighs three hundred and sixty pounds. Um, no, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like there are. What I'd say is because I don't want to talk about this for too long and break down every single fucking component bit by bit. But yeah, what I'd say also is, we can't like delve into like spoiler territory. Either, totally, so. totally. What I'd say is that if you take my feeling about the graphics and the visuals that we just talked about, which is that, mm. oh my god, are these good when they're good? But there are also weird niggles that are present throughout. You can almost apply that to so many other facets of the game. Like the gameplay, I think, is dramatically improved, but I still think that there are problems in that I think they didn't have as many ideas to push forward and improve the combat as I would have liked. And this is still a game where fundamentally the funnest thing to do for me is to use basically the the, the standard, the bog standard bow and arrow that Aloy is yeah. equipped with throughout and use that to take chunks of robots off. And all the slingshots and trip casters and javelin throwers that they give me along the way never feel that appealing. There's melee combat that's been completely expanded and, and revived and sort of like turned upside down from the first game where now there are combos and you can learn new moves. It's got its own skill tree, and yet it never feels that useful. Like mm. The damage output is just low enough that I don't actually want to be that close to any machine ever, especially when the machines get above eight foot tall and you're like, why the fuck do I have a fucking... Like, it's like attacking a T-Rex by slashing <laughs> its ankles. It might work. Yeah, but it, it almost needs to be opposite, right? Like... The, the melee should be a lot more powerful because of the risk-reward involved in getting in so close in. Completely agree. Yeah. Then, you you know, I know a lot of people out there, especially since the reviews have dropped, have talked about the structure and the length of some of the more tutorialized elements, whether that's yeah. the actual explicit tutorial or the tutorialized open-world segment that you go into after that in the daunt. The, the story itself, which makes its initial hooks out of the remnants of the end of Zero Dawn story, which I didn't think was the wisest move because going back and chasing Silence and Hades again, I just wanted more of a draw. And so what I'm getting at is that there's there's little things that stop it achieving like perfection in just about every element that, uh, that, that it breaks down to. Yeah. Um, and so what it ends up being is a number of very good components, but no one of them astounding. Apart from okay, apart from the visuals, which I will I will declare as uh, they reach that astounding level, yeah, but every single yeah. other element just falls short just falls short of that kind of creme de la creme level, which means it comes together to just be a very good third person open world action adventure game <laughs> from Sony. Which hey, yeah. if you've been playing first party Sony games, you know what you know narrative you know what heavy you're getting into. third person yeah. action adventure games are like. And if you I, played Zero Dawn, then you're even more familiar with what you're getting into here, you know? <laughs> I've got a question for you, Jamie. I've did you buy the PS5 version, or did you buy the <laughs> PS4 version that was like £15 cheap or something, and then just get the free upgrade so to PS5? 
I was aware of all of these conversations going on. I read the news stories. <laughs> I know that people pushed Sony because they still felt like Sony were being weirdly obscure about the fact that you could save money by being the buying the PS4 version. And they like, yeah. But long story short, I bought the PS5 version. Yeah, you me. Suck, I just, you I just, sucker. I went on the PlayStation Store and I just bought Horizon, and I didn't really think about it that much. That's, no, I, 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 mean, I get yeah. you, I get you. Uh, one interesting little tidbit that I found out the other day, um, I found it out yesterday actually, but it, it's news that broke, I believe, on the eleventh of February. Do you know how many copies Horizon Zero Dawn has sold? Damn, I take do a, not. Can, can you take a guess? I'm trying to think. Okay. Like, re- remember now as well that it is available on PC, and it has been available on PC for like better, better part of a year. Yeah. I'm thinking. Okay, yeah. The the things I'm thinking about first party exclusive for Sony, uh, which is you know usually gives sales a bit of a propulsion um, because they're well marketed and well received. Yeah, yeah. New IP that knocks it down a few pegs. Yes. Launched at the same time as some tough competition, but mostly on other platforms. Like Breath, Breath of the, of the Wild. Wild, yeah, yeah. Long tail because, like you said, um, it was well received. There was DLC. It was given a patch to promote uh, to support uh, the PlayStation Five with increased performance, I believe. And yeah. as you mentioned, the PC version. Um, yeah. but it it I also think... it also um, it's also been given away free as part of the PS Plus collection. True, true. Yeah, yeah. It was one of their weird like lockdown things of like, hey. The world's on fire. Here's Horizon. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's another <laughs> a, way of getting here's a game free. about humanity destroying themselves and having to restart. Yeah, yeah. Happy um, quarantine, everyone. Yeah, literally. Fuck. I didn't even think about that at the time. Can I ask? <laughs> this is one thing that will help me. Have they announced sales numbers just because like someone's found it out, or have they promoted like, oh, we've hit this milestone? Um, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, with the way I found out about it was a tweet. Saying because the tweet was almost like in response to someone saying like, "Oh, poor uh, Horizon Forbidden West is going to be smashed by Elden Ring," blah blah blah, and someone said like, "Oh, don't worry, these are the sales numbers of okay. Zero Dawn. If it's any indication, like it's fine." I've... And and to be fair, this number that I've got is from November twenty twenty one. Ten million. There's huh? a, a a decent attempt, Jamie. How close? I'm way off, aren't I? Double it. 20, 20 million. million copies. Like, that's, that's really impressive. It, it's not just really impressive. That's fucking ridiculous. That yeah. is, like, sales for that, that's ridiculous. I w- the thing I was trying to remember was I was trying to remember where games like Spider-Man and God of War got to. And I had Spider-Man and God of War in, like, the 20s and 30s. And I so believe I was Spider-Man thinking, is, like, the, the highest selling... Sp- uh, like, yeah, Spider-Man was right up there. Because um, I because I also remember again when the Last of Us two came out and started selling very quickly. It was um, it, I think it ended up being like third place after God of War and Spider Man and faster selling. But again, yeah. I had all of them in the kind of the twenty to thirty range, and I thought if Horizon Zero Dawn had done half of that, then it will do well. But yeah, well I can tell you better. that I can tell you that uh, Spider Man PS four sold twenty million units as of November twenty twenty. Yeah, see, like again, that 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 implies that even with the PC advantage, Horizon has sold as many units or nearly as many units as Spider Man, which blows my mind. Yeah, like uh, I, I, I can, yeah, I, I thought saying half of Spider Man as of October twenty twenty one, God of War sold 
20 million copies. Yeah, I, I genuinely thought because of the new IP element and the slightly lower critical consensus that I thought it would pe get to about half of the God of War Spider-Man sort of yeah. marker. But, but it does kind of occur to me that like, there was a period of the of the PS4's kind of like lifespan, is towards the end of the lifespan, where it was, it was very much a case of saying like, "Yep, the, these are our big games coming out, and like you're not going to be interested in anything else." And they they kind of, I think, Horizon Zero Dawn was kind of the start of that kind of thing, and then it was because remember there was that one at E3 was like, "Oh yeah, here are three of our upcoming games, and that's all we're going to look at," which was Spider Man, uh, Last of Us Part Two, and Ghost of Tsushima. Death, it was Death Stranding as well that year. Oh, and Death Stranding, uh, yeah. 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 But like, it, it, I, I think that's probably the reason is because there was like not that much first party content coming out. Yes. That it was kind of like, it, it was almost like following the Nintendo effect of saying, oh, this is our first party game for like the next six months. So just yeah. buy it and play it. It was also, you know? the, and I got a, I'm surprised I didn't recall this as the reason that I bought it. It was the first big first party graphically intensive title that came out after the release of the PS4 Pro. Ah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it came out literally two to three months after the PS4 Pro, and I actually got both at the same time. I got my PS4 Pro and uh, Horizon um, at, uh, at at that same time. It's bit, it, That's what made that so strange for me is because that was exactly five years ago, um, almost to the, to the, to the date. Um, and I, I, I'm sure I've brought this up on the podcast before, but remember mm. when I tell that story about how when ATG was kind of like doing good numbers and we were making okay money out of it, and I accidentally saved up like enough money to buy a new TV, a PS4, yes. and Horizon, and I did all of that at once, and and <laughs> and now it's like oh yeah, five years almost to the day later, a new Horizon's coming out. The other thing is that it, it always happens in and around the week of my birthday, so uh, it's kind of like this weird condensed period of just strong flashbacks to 2017 and how much happier i was i remember being so happy and being so full of life um uh, that's because it was like before we knew that the dread that was coming <laughs> literally literally do you want to know something else interesting by the way just to pick up on this uh, yeah. wikipedia's list of the best-selling playstation 4 video games yes. basically the way wikipedia work obviously is that the actual numbers that they um quote don't yeah. get updated until there's something that they can link to that's official to say this is the source for this information. Now, yeah. it hasn't been updated yet to represent Horizon Zero Dawn's new numbers, but if it gets updated, then Horizon Zero Dawn would, what, 20 million units would be the top of that list ahead of God of War, God of War Uncharted 4, and then Spider Man. Wow. That's crazy, right? And where, where's Last of Us Part 2 coming on there? But the Last of Us Part 2, again, on this, um, is uh, at four million. Now you see, I don't think that's right because I've I've been no, it, it's yeah, yeah, it's almost certainly not because I think four million was like in its first week. Also, I don't know what the third party situation is here because, like, The Witcher Three is here, but Red Dead Redemption Two isn't, and G and like GTA isn't, and obviously they w sold. And and there's no Call of Duty on here either, so again, I yeah. don't really know what this list is. But maybe they're talking about exclusives, though. No, because like I said, The Witcher's here. Star Wars oh, Battlefront Witch. One is here for some reason. Weird. Um, Monster Hunter World is here. Cyberpunk. Yeah, that was fucking big, yeah. Um, but yeah, mad, a lot mad. of the numbers seem uh, not both out of date 
Oh, yeah. see, look, I'm looking at the last one. Sorry, now this is where we get uh, reading Wikipedia and podcasting at the same time. It's a great combo. Um, yeah, Wikipedia this is what, what, that, what people come here for. The last was part two sold over four million units in its release weekend. So, <laughs> yeah, clearly Wikipedia just sort of like pulling one article and being like, "That sounds good for now." Um, <laughs> yeah, that's good enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, um, I can't, I can't see like lifetime sales for last was, but anyway. We, we, anyway. we, we digress and diverge Ooh, too much. How many do you think Elden Ring's going to sell? Do you think that's going to have a big first week? Again, yeah, I don't know what I... previous FromSofts have done. I don't know what the, don't know what the mark is, the target. Uh, it's it's a good question. Should we say... I'll tell you what, the, the last biggest one was Sekiro, right? So let's have a look. Yeah, um, I can see Sekiro selling a, a couple of million, at least. Sekiro... But... July 20, 29th, 2020... Uh, Sekiro shifted 5 million copies. So it's 5 million copies within a year. Yes. Okay, uh, two, fine. 2 million inside the first 10 days, and then 5 right, million okay. by July of 2020. So, and yeah. I wonder if we, if we have a look at uh, Bloodborne. I th- I think, well, Bloodborne was an exclusive. That's the, was that right? Yeah, Blood, Bloodborne's 2 million. So okay. like, it, it, it's funny, you talk about 2 million, and you talk about 20 million. Like, Yeah, but I, I think based on that, I think... With the anticipation and I think the hype cycle of Elden Ring has really just, like, even before release was on the equator, I think it just fed into all that yeah. excitement. I could see it, this it, it's, doubling it's that also, like, four million in first week or something. Yeah. It, it's also, like, it's easy for us to forget, but uh, a story by George R. R. Martin is a big draw for people. True. A big draw. They're, they're like, Game of Thrones, you know, like... There's a popularity kind of thing there where even if you aren't a Souls fan, but you're a George R. R. Martin fan, you're like, I'm going to check this out. It, yes. It'll be interesting. I, and, and I think I think the, like, you can't help but get swept up in, I don't know if it's us being in a little bit of a vacuum chamber, but you can't help but think that when a game like this comes out with so many 10 out of 10s, like I shared an image with you guys with all the fucking accolades, and yep. it's just like, it's just a wall of 10 out of 10s. You can't help but look at that and think to yourself, people are going to get influenced by that, like a lot. Yeah, I, I mean, I already have. So. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, it, it, it's a very interesting prospect for me because, it, like I said, it's it's like it's this niche thing. Even though like more and more games are being influenced by Souls likes, it's still considered like this niche thing that people are maybe afraid to get into or whatever it might be. So it's it, it's, it's I find it like really fascinating, and I'm. I'm going to be very interested to find out what it's going to be. I'm sure we'll get like sales reports in about a week's time or so. Yeah. Well, we'll keep an eye out. And if A, if it ends up making headlines and being newsworthy, then you can guarantee we will be discussing it on future episodes of this ad podcast. Ad nauseum. Yes, ad nauseum. <laughs> and hey, if you don't like that, if you've got an issue with that fact, then don't take it up with us. Take it up with the people that make this podcast possible. And those oh. are our fans and our supporters and our patrons over at patreon.com forward slash super show because really if they weren't sticking up for us if they weren't putting their money where their mouths are then we wouldn't have a platform to talk about games like Elden Ring for like I don't know two hours a week every week for the next three to six months possibly yeah yeah, yeah. possibly yeah, it depends on I mean I mean it did take me almost a year to finish Dark Souls so why not? <laughs> yeah, 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 and over. I mean, what, what what's the running total like? Three years on Sekiro, maybe. Two when did Sekiro come out? Twenty nineteen. Yes, twenty nineteen. 
Well, there we go. <laughs> I, I, I did take substantial breaks, though. Yes, and the good news is Elden Ring is way fucking longer than any of them by a country mile. So, um, yeah, brace yourselves, folks. Um, and if you're having second thoughts, then the place to go to cancel your patronage again is the same place. <laughs> no, 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 I'm joking. But it would be the same place you go to uh, to gift us your patronage, which is patreon.com forward slash super show. And it would be nice at this point to take a quick moment to shout out some of the folks who are already supporting us on there and making this podcast possible. And they are Aaron Cameron, Athletic Gravy, Helium Joker, Jesper Camdal Nielsen, Known Geld, Mark Clancy, Leo Merger, Mindful Pig, Mr. Anthropic, Nathan Pierce, Neil, the food dude who doesn't deliver, Daniel, <laughs> Pastors Guild, Scary Omen, Starfield Kid, and the Big Dogs, Brett Z, uh, Comment of the Week winner, Doppler, Geometric Potter, Hacksaw Book Read, Manuel Guerrero, Peaswad, and The Uncaged. Thank you all so, so much. And a particular thanks, I think, this week to Neil for incorporating the food dude mm. into his patron name, meaning that that is one thing we can't forget. It exists now. Like, it, it, it's, it's it, stuck it, with It's us. a thing. It's a thing. Yeah. Um, and, and shout out to everyone in the comments that kind of, like, shouted out the food dude. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. I'm glad the legend of the food dude lives on. Like we were the talking about what the, what the meme is, but the, 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 the meme is the food dude. And why? Because the food dude delivers. It's yeah, but come on, that, that. that's too new. That's too new. Like, if okay. if that continues on for like the next month, then we can include it. But okay, yeah, fair enough. We'll keep tabs on that. And uh, but yes, once again, a big thank you to everyone oh, who supports. I've us. got yours. Yeah, by and large, by and large. Yeah, I mean, there was a there was a point in time when I was streaming on Twitch just about enough that I had to start thinking about emotes, and I <laughs> thought I'll come up with some cool like text thing where it says by and large or something like that. Um, uh, the, do you know what the other one I was going to do was? Is yeah. uh, the, again, the joke doesn't really run anymore because I'm not really in front of camera particularly, and some of the people who used to grill me about it aren't really in the comment section as much as they used to, apart from ASB64 every now and then. But do you remember Fair. how getting me to dab was something that like <laughs> would pop up on ATG a lot? Oh, those do it during the streams, especially. Yeah, during the streams. What I was going to do was I was going to do... Um, I was gonna dab and make it. You know how you can like break, almost break an uh, an image down into multiple emotes. So if you use them oh, back yeah, to yeah. back to back, it would make like one image. I'd do like me dabbing in three parts, and it would be like a tier <laughs> three subscription emote. Or I like that. That's, that's cool. So anyone dab, that wanted yeah. to see see that dab would actually have to give me a significant amount of money. Um, wow. Which is not what we're all about. We just give you the platforms so that if you guys did want to help us keep making content, then you can do so. And once again, that link, if that interests you, is patreon.com forward slash super show. And if you head over there and take a little look around, you'll see we have a number of different tiers. And each of those tiers come with a number of different super juicy rewards and little gifts and little ways that we can give content back to you as a way of saying thank you. And once again, speaking of thank yous, thank Mm. you to everyone who is patroning. Us. Thank you, good sirs, uh, miladies. There you go. Tip, you know, tip t- of the hat from Chris. Tipping my hat. Oh my god, my, what was my hair doing? The food dude don. don the food dude tips the cap. <laughs> it's like yeah, you know, in all, it's, in, it's always sunny. It's like the gang do something every time. Yeah. Every episode is, is it's you, but it's like the food dude plays with his hair. <laughs> the food dude like- fixes his mic. Mm, okay. Cool. The food dude gets racist. You know mm. those classics. No, known racist food, food dude, crispy king. <laughs> known <laughs> racist, the food dude would be the biggest crossover episode I think maybe in the history of podcasting. I don't know. 
Oh I think even God. Serial would be on the phone if we if we went that far. They'd be like, look, you think you guys do true crime, but we need on this. We need the food, dude. Yeah, we need the food, dude. Oh, my yeah. God. How have we gone an, an hour and ten minutes or so <laughs> without having even gone to the news yet? Sure. Like, genuinely, we've made worse pace than this. We've made worse pace. I promise. We have, we have. But like, there, you know what, Jamie? I'm having a good time, so. Yeah. There are, there are times where, like, each of us brings fucking four games to talk about in our catch-ups, which luckily did happen this week. Um, yeah. Should we jump into some news, then? We jump in it. Do you know what? One that caught my eye, I thought, would be an interesting one to start off with, because even if I think you're not a fan of the series in terms of playing the games, you still have to acknowledge that the movements and shakings of this series still have pretty mm. big knock-on effects and ramifications for the industry. That's Call of Duty, Chris, which made waves and headlines this week, uh, courtesy of a report by our old friend Jason Schreier over at Bloomberg. Although, if you believe some Call of Duty leakers, they also said it too, and some of them claim they said it before him, there was a little bit of Twitter infighting. It was very entertaining for about 30 sure, minutes. Fair enough. Everyone wants the clout, Jamie. Everyone wants the clout. Everyone wants the opportunity to say that they were the ones that announced that for the first time in just under two decades, Call of Duty is going to go a year without a mainline series entry. Um, and for that year, for anyone wondering, it's not this year. We will still get Call of yeah. Duty Modern Warfare 2 from Infinity Ward as planned. But next year, Chris, 2023, there will not be a mainline Call of Duty game out in time for Christmas. Yeah. It, crazy, it is right? kind of, it, it is crazy to think of, but I think probably crazier to think about is the fact that we've got a Call, a call of Duty every single year for like, yeah, like I said, the, what, two decades? Yeah, just under two decades. Like I guess, that, yeah. that is the real madness to me. And, and actually not like, we can we can give Activision uh, as much shit as we want, but the fact that they managed to work out a schedule like that that didn't always work, yes, fair. But like, like no no other gaming franchise has got three developers working on the franchise in a leapfrog fashion so that they can have the time to work on the game but True. still release it annually. Like it 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 is a feat in and of itself. So agreed. You know. Congratulations to what it was, but absolutely, this is what it needs, right? Yes, because th there was that feeling of it was a tremendous feat, but it was a feat that paid for itself and then some. And that, that yeah. age-old adage around Call of Duty was that there's no such thing as not releasing a Call of Duty because there's too much money on the table for that premium release every year. Yeah. You wonder if, like, you don't want to read between the lines and start coming up with crazy hypotheticals about how this came to be, but you wonder if there was a early meeting, say, between some bosses <laughs> at Activision and some bosses at Microsoft, um, now that they... I presume they're still chatting on the basis that the acquisition will go through at some point in the next 18 months. Yeah. Well, well, I, I'd be surprised now if it doesn't myself, go through. I, I'd be surprised if it doesn't go through. I'd agree, but, like, do you think this is one of those things where, again, because I, I don't know, because obviously formally it's not done yet, could this be a thing where they sat down and Activision were like, we're having a really tough time getting a Call of Duty ready for next year. And Microsoft are like, how tough? Show us what you've got. And they're like, we've, we've got uh, nothing. We've got nothing. <laughs> and, 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 and Phil Spencer was just like, do you know what? Like, this is prop like, does he have to green light that in some way? Or no, I, I know what happened. I know what happened. So, yeah, Phil Spencer said, like, show me your upcoming slate. And he saw 2023 and it yeah. said, Call of Duty, Ghosts 2. And Phil was like, I'm out. No more deal. We're not buying you. And then Bobby Kotick said, whoa, 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 whoa. What if we just scrap that? 
Yes. And then Phil Spencer's like, now you're talking my language. Big time. Apparently, actually, there was a, a pitch for Call of Duty Black Ops 5, and they had to cancel the entire thing because there was huge amounts of infighting between Treyarch and Activision and Microsoft because they couldn't decide whether to do a V, like the Roman numeral, uh. to do uh, uh, one, two, three, at four, and then a line through it like you're in jail and scratching Ooh, into the wall. I like that, or yeah. to do the weird thing that Black Ops 4 did and just five vertical lines and no, <laughs> no attempt to shorten it in any way. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but I mean, like we 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 know firsthand how like uh, in one particular instance how that annualness of yep. a game didn't pan out the way they wanted to. And besides that, we know that year on year, even though it is still the the series to beat, they they are going down. Like Vanguard was maybe one of the worst in recent memory. Um, the the zombies associated with Vanguard, one of the worst in recent memories, and also, you know, even just looking at Warzone and and the kind of clusterfuck that trying to implement, you know, Black Ops Cold War and Vanguard into the series and going to Caldera and like mm. just losing Verdansk entirely, and it's just like, yeah, the the series needed a shake up and and yes. like, I I can see why they didn't shake it up now because obviously. I think the right move is a Modern Warfare 2, mm-hmm. right, for, for, for this year's release. Um, and I, and I, I think perfectly fair to say Warzone 2 to just kind of like, you know, just empty out the fucking closet full of skeletons and just start again. Yes. You know? and, um, I, and I think but beyond more- that, like, it's, it's the right call to just kind of call it there, put a pin in it. Right. And, and re- reassess. No, I agree. And especially because I think a Modern Warfare 2 and a Warzone 2, for want of a better way of putting it, when done well and done, you know, and, and feature complete and launching properly, I think yeah. they can last two years. If playing Warzone uh, taught me anything, it's that, like, actually, you know, like, it, it, going back to what that was like at the time, if Black Ops Cold War hadn't happened and we'd all kept playing Modern Warfare and Warzone as is, I think that yeah. would have been fine. Because I was still playing Modern Warfare at that time and Warzone at that time. Yeah. Um, the thing that's going to be interesting to see is that, like, you look at this, and like you mentioned, there is like an opportunity for a bit of a reset, right? And it almost calls to mind when Assassin's Creed had sort of worked itself into a bit of a hole, took a year off, completely refreshed things, and came back with yeah. Assassin's Creed Origins, which was a new direction for the franchise. Um, and sure enough, when you look at the Bloomberg report, there's uh, some comments in there that Jason Trice suggests that some uh, executives at Activision. Uh, believe that new versions of Call of Duty were being introduced too rapidly, uh, whatever that means. I think the one thing, though, that's slightly concerning is that Treyarch, who are the team who would have been making the 2023 release, um, they they're, are now they're working... They're the Black Ops Yeah, the, people, they're right? the Black yeah. Ops people. So Sledgehammer made Vanguard, Infinity yeah. Ward made Modern Warfare 2, and Treyarch would have been back up again in 2023. So they're yeah. the ones with nothing on their hands right now. The reporting at the moment suggests that they're going to move over to assist with the development of a new free-to-play online title. Now, at the moment, it's not clear if that is a part of the new Warzone experience that they confirmed a week or two ago, or if that is a third <coughs> or sort of like free-to-play style arm of their plan for the next yeah. two years. Some people have suggested that there's a, mo- a mobile Warzone in the works, or it could be something else entirely. But my yeah. question is, like, if they are taking a mainline series entry for Call of Duty off the calendar for the first time in almost two decades, 
but not yeah. actually doing that to you know revitalize the series but instead just doing that to shift that team onto another free-to-play title and it's going to be business as usual the year after are they actually going to learn anything here are we going to see substantial improvements from a consumer or a gamer's perspective well you you hope so like uh, you mentioned assassin's creed and i think i think when you go to like origins and odyssey it definitely benefited them taking Mm. that time off but then depending on who you speak to um you know with with valhalla like some people might say like yeah it continued but other people may say like no they they haven't learned anything they they kind of like they learned something and then they forgot their lesson that they learned it it's possible that this is something that they can just kind of like real nail down and and kind of focus on i i wonder though if you if Jonesy's not here. He he's sometimes the one that gets a little bit cynical and, and tinfoil hatted. So allow me to step into those. Um, oh, please do. You know the, those monkey shoes of his. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. What if? So so the model of releasing uh, a Call of Duty each each year has been extremely profitable for them. Yeah. Right. But what if they've learned a lesson from Warzone in saying, actually, what they might be seeing is if they take a, a, a main title, a main title in the COD series, and have that release being a two-year thing that they can make just the same amount of money, if not more, because what you're doing is you're changing the way you're designing that game to be a two-year thing instead of a one-year thing. Mm-hmm. You're looking at microtransactions, etc. And what's happening then is you're allowing your studios to create a more polished product, but at the same time, you're not necessarily spending as much resource in trying to churn these things out. Did mm-hmm. you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So and and I think I think Warzone is the reason for this. Because I think they can look at Warzone, the success of Warzone, and understand, even though it's starting to fail now, like quite substantially, I would say. But they, they kind of have got it in their head now. Like, okay, you can make just as much money over a two-year period than a one-year period. And if you can do that with the same game that you don't have to... Like, like let's, put it, let's put it this way. Let's say there's another 20 games in COD's future before COD is dead. Okay. Okay? You can release one a year and you can keep it going for 20 years. Or you can release one every two years and keep it going for 40. Right, yes. Do right. you know what this like, is screaming to me? Yeah. GTA and Rockstar. Oh, it, it, probably. Like, you, you never know. Sometimes franchises become victims of their own success. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know? It is interesting. Like, again, I, I, I was always so firmly on the side of the amount of money you can generate, the amount of revenue you can generate by having a premium... Uh, retail copy of a game on store shelves in time for Christmas was so large that I didn't think anything like this. Well, I guess that that conversation would and that topic would mostly come up when people were talking about the idea that they would uh, altogether stop making new releases or they would start doing digital only or go entirely free to play or when people ask me if FIFA will ever revert back to being like an update or DLC or something like that. And that's what yeah. I, I always would push back against it. Um but but now Call of Duty are doing it, and I think I think yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see as we get closer to the release of that 2024 game, 
and it, we get a better idea of what the studios have been doing with that year off, if, if anything, <laughs> we'll get a clearer picture of what the intent was behind it and whether it was ultimately to benefit us, whether it was an experiment, whether it was a necessity. Yeah. I, I fucking only knows. Like, it could even be crunch-related for all we know because there were reports this week that... I think Bobby Kotick was lined up to get certain bonuses in the yeah. actually in the near in the short term future based on whether or not the changes that had been made at Activision to improve the workplace conditions yeah. um, were were seen to were have been met. successful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like this could be a fucking crunch thing for all we know. He could be like, do you know what Treyarch are fucking scry- crying their eyes out and screaming because they had to yeah. jump up a year to make Black Ops Cold War and then they still got roped in to make the zombies on Vanguard and actually they just need time off. Yeah. I mean, that's or, probably or, not what's happening. Or it happening, could but... be the Microsoft influence. It could be yes. Phil Spencer going in there looking at it and saying this is this is not sustainable for the way that we like to do business. Yeah. You, you sure. never know. Like, like the, the only people that know probably are Bobby Kotick and, and Phil Spencer. You know, it, it, it's all fine and well for us to speculate, but like we'll never fucking know. It's true. It's true. Until it's too late. And by that point, like <laughs> yeah. we'll be surrounded by so many free-to-play Call of Duty games that it won't matter anyway. Yeah. I, look, I, I just hope that like whatever it is, it benefits the games and the players because that's what it should be doing. Like Taking time off should benefit the game and the players instead of just like just continuing on the way that they were doing. Like It's such yeah. a waste. Like I don't know. No, I like, agree. Like, like the, the highs of Warzone were pretty fucking high, right? Like, Oh, and I'd love them to return. I really would. Yeah. No. Yeah. But, you know, no. Chris, like when it comes to game development, different studios, developers, publishers have different tactics when it comes to what they want to prioritize and what they think yeah. is best for gamers, what they think is best for consumers. Like Activision are out there. They're doing their thing. They're skipping a, you know, a, a mainline series release for the first time in almost two decades and seeing what that comes up with. Whereas other major publishers like Capcom, for example, are focusing mm. on attributes such as uh, sweat, uh, muscles, yeah. and I think feet was the other kind of key point that they were trying to communicate. Yeah, well, um, I mean, there there is a another element to this. If Oh. You know, know it, exactly, it, d- depend, depending on how fucking um, thirsty you are. And how high you crank up the contrast. Um, <laughs> for anyone that's not picking up what we're putting down, we're, of course, uh, ogling over the uh, the various body parts and the anatomy on display in the first teaser trailer for Capcom's upcoming fighting game, Street Fighter VI, or as I called it in our show notes today, Street Fight Six, which sounds so much better. <laughs> I want to play Street Fight. I want to play that game. Oh, my God. That sounds like the like cheap. I, I don't even know, like the, the cheap knockoff from like Turkmenistan or something. Yeah, or like like yeah, like a Turkmenistan like uh fucking. It's actually just an asset swap of Double Dragon, and they call it Street Fight Six for some reason. Street Fight Six. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, but yeah, Street, Street Fighter Six, bro. Like yeah, Street Fighter's back. That's pretty fucking big news for the uh, FGC community. Yes, uh, big news for the FGC community, bad news for the RE4 community. Um, because <laughs> uh, f- So for anyone that actually missed uh, how this uh, how went all down, uh, Capcom started a mysterious countdown timer that was leading up to something that you know invited 
onlookers and, and fans and, and people of that ilk to speculate on what Capcom could finally be revealing. And there was lots of mm. weird things, like when you looked at sort of what the countdown timer looked like and sort of like tonally what it was, it had a bit of a spooky vibe. And it turned out, and maybe this is just people who are desperate and, and you know, are struggling to get a grasp on reality, but a weird amount of people genuinely thought that the countdown timer would come to an end and we would get some news on the Resident Evil 4 remake that has long been rumored, yeah. never been confirmed. What they failed to notice was that the countdown timer also coincided with the season finale of Capcom's Street Fighter Pro Tour. Um, and so, yes, unsurprisingly, the timer ended, the, uh, the finale of the Pro Tour took place, and the first trailer for the sixth entry in one of the most legendary fighting game series of all time uh, took the floor, took the stage. And yeah. Chris, I mean, we might as well jump into it. We've already teased it. People who like big, bulgy, sweaty, veiny body parts and close-ups and shadowy figures and beards, they're going to get a lot out of this 30 seconds. Oh, big time. Like, I, I quite like the, the, the look of everything. I thought it was mm. pretty cool. It, it was. It did kind of feel to me though that like the aspect ratio was off and squashed because Ryu was like more broad shoulders than anything. You know. What, you know what he looked like. He looked like the fucking Kanye West song. What was it called? Um, oh, the one with um, yeah. You're such a fucking hoe. I love it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah exactly. Like yeah. that. Like the broad shoulders. Little pump. All, that was that kid's name. Little pump. <laughs> fucking little pump. What happened to him? Great dead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yeah, yeah. He looked, but you're right. He looked broad-shouldered and ripped. Yeah. It, it reminded me of that scene in um, fucking what was it like? The the Last Jedi, where okay. Kylo Ren was coming out of the shower for some fucking reason, and and he was topless. Yes, and and he and looked he just he looked a lot broader-shouldered than he you'd imagine he would be. Yes. Yeah, no, I, I know exactly what you mean. It looked especially strange because he was so broad and so ripped, and the uh, the chap who he was standing toe to toe with, who I've been led to believe is a fella called Luke, who is yeah. actually the last DLC character to be added to Street Fighter Five, and they teased at the time that he would be a big part of Street Fighter Six. He, the vibe I got from him was uh, Ninja Theory's DMCA. D- no DMCA, <laughs> DMC Devil May Cry, as in yeah. like you know that weird edgy. I I can't believe I could. That I've, now I just really want Capcom to make DMCA. Call it like D- Devil May Cry Anarchy or something like that. But just please let us have a game that we can call DMCA because that'd be oh, so. Oh, I'd love that. Um, but yeah, it's just that kind of like floppy emo-y, and it's not actually emo, but I know people like that shorthand, that emo-y fringe. Um, yes. combined with some of those sort of youthful looks, especially, again, compared to Rio's comparatively haggard face <laughs> and um, and Rip's chest and torso. Uh, oh my it God. was odd. An odd trailer. Yeah, it, it, it was pretty odd. It, it was short as well. Um, and I, I guess the, the most confusing thing or, or the most kind of like uproarious thing, depending on where you're coming from, was the fucking logo reveal. Yeah. Um, so for anyone that missed this, the new logo for Street Fighter Six has been causing a bit of a stir because essentially people have found an image, um, a stock image on Adobe stock that is almost identical to the new Street Fighter logo. So similar, in fact, that the actual original image creator, the person that uploaded it to Do- Adobe stock, has already spoken to IGN about their logo being quote-unquote used by Capcom. And they said they were 
And again, this is a quote from the creator of the image. They were looking to sell exclusive rights for the image to Capcom and removing it from sale to other parties. So the, clearly the creator thinks these images are so similar that they're trying to now negotiate a deal where Capcom yeah. buys it from them. But if we're being honest, despite the fact that it is funny that there's an image on Adobe stock that looks very, very similar to the Street Fighter logo, this is in all likelihood a coincidence because if you do a, di- yeah. a bit of digging online... I mean, we even like like someone points out that even like sleeping dogs, like that, that there's similar stylized yeah. elements to this. Yeah, there's and, only so many kind of things that you could oh, do. Like, with... All right. As someone who's like been skirting around, sort of like Twitter, and I'm sure you've been down this road before, like your Twitch presence, Twitter presence, YouTube presence. Yeah. The, a thought that everyone has at any one point in time is, how can I smush these two letters together to make a logo? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like there's exactly. only so many ways to do it. I, I think for me, it's like, yeah, I'm with you. Like, there's variations and innovations of everything. And you, you could almost argue that there's no original ideas anymore. And it's all kind of like, you know, branches of an original thing. So, okay, fine. I, I think for me, like, when I first saw it, I was kind of like, I was impressed that they went for such a drastic change. Um, yes. It, it's not easy to forego tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 I, I kind of want to applaud them for that. But at the same time, I saw an image of like all of the Street Fighter logos, like one by one. And there is a history there. And like Street Fighter's got a cool fucking logo. Yes. Like I don't really see what needed to change there. But I, I did some, a, a thought popped in my head as to why it is so different. And okay. I wonder if the um, the game producer that usually is on Street Fighter Yoshinori Ono, I don't think he's involved in this. I don't, I don't even think he's working at Capcom anymore. No, in fact, I think I heard somewhere that someone involved in the uh, development of Bayonetta 2 is now involved in a fairly ah, senior right. position yeah, you on see, Street Fighter yeah, 6. Yoshinori Ono uh, left Capcom during the summer of 2020. There you go. So that's a pretty big departure. Yeah, like like he was the Street Fighter dude. Yeah. So, you know, uh, m- maybe he was the one holding it back or... or not holding it back because people like fucking Street Fighter, but maybe it didn't reach loftier heights because it was him, or yeah. it was as good as it is and and perceived because of him. Time will tell. Obviously, we'll find out. Yeah, we will. Yes, but like I, again, and, and I don't want to use the the departure of one member of the team and a new logo treatment to kind of latch onto for something as big as this. But I will say that it does sort of feel like. Street Fighter needs to find something to leverage something to communicate with I think fans who are just on on the fringe of being interested in a game like a Street Fighter because yeah. the weird thing about Street Fighter 5 was that it was it seemed like a fairly big deal big launch kind of well received but maybe like it was missing some key components as a key features at launch they supported yeah. it for years Things that it was missing at launch, like a story mode, were added. The roster was built out dramatically. The game was well-supported in a professional sense. And yet, I don't think I know anyone who played Street Fighter V at any point. Do you know what I mean? I I think I've got the 3DS version of Street Fighter V. I mean, like maybe maybe at this stage. Or would that have been Street Fighter IV? I don't know. I think I, I opened it. Played it for about half an hour and then stopped. I think something's telling me Street Fighter V was a PlayStation 4 exclusive, um, but I might be Maybe. wrong. 
Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like I, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like Street Fighter Six needs something. You're right. It was Street Fighter Four on the 3DS. Yeah. Well, I mean, even that I feel like is weirdly indicative of like how again one of the biggest and most historically important street uh, fighting game series of all time. Like you can almost forget an entire entry happens. That's what Street Fighter yeah. Five feels like sometimes to me. And I bet there are FGC people out there who would roll in their yeah. grave were they dead and listening to this. Neither of which is true. <laughs> yeah. Um, Apologies to any FGC. Like Grimbacor is like majorly. Oh, true, FGC. true. Actually, yeah. Uh, I wonder what his take is. On it. I'd be interested to know. Reach out to him on the on the Discord. Two dollars. Yeah. Patreon. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I I have a feeling that like what Street Fighter like I don't know if this is right. This is obviously not right from a business perspective. But I think what Street Fighter needs to do is lean much heavier onto the esports side of things. Not that it hasn't already, oh, wow. but, okay. I, but, I, but I kind of feel that like if they really fucking go like hardcore. But cuz I I think I feel like sometimes when you go for that hardcore aspect of the esports thing, it it does still bleed into uh, consumer success? See, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I just feel like maybe it's just me like slandering the FGC unnecessarily, but I feel <laughs> like... It, uh, it, FGC, for those who, who don't know, is a female genital uh, mutilation. No, that's FGM. Sorry, I'm getting confused. Uh, it's it's a fighting game... What? Uh, fighting game community, community. I believe. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> I just feel like I've forgotten the name of the marquee tournament now. That um, Evo, Evo, thank you. Um, Which is now but, uh, part owned by Sony. Exactly. Like, let's say that. Let's say that is. And I know there's been some weird news about around Evo in recent years. I like. I think there's been some weird stuff around the people that were running it and and, and stuff like that. It had a few weird quirks along the way, and hopefully now Sony are kind of um, straightening that ship and getting it ready to go forward. But even if you look at that as sort of like the the cream of the crop in terms of fighting game tournaments, I would believe you if you told me that Street Fighter V had a big, important presence at EVO uh, since its launch and in recent years. And that just hasn't penetrated, you know, yeah. me and, and the news that I hear and the kind of the radio waves that I'm tuned into at all. Yeah. And so yeah. I don't know if that would uh, sort of like translate into sales or antis- or hype or buzz. Yeah. I, don't I, know. Feel, I feel like it needs a layer of accessibility. I feel like it needs to go the Mortal Kombat. Again, if you're talking about capturing the biggest audience possible, I think it needs to go the MK route and being like, hey, here's, you know, like, a, a, like here's a fucking, here, here are some fundamentals that even the most unfighting game oriented people in the world can get behind. Like a really engaging, really well done 20 hour long story mode featuring historical characters that you love that were fleshing out in interesting ways that you hadn't expected. Like mm. if if they somehow and again I'm not they're not going to do this because it's just it's too far fetched. But if they somehow came up with like a like a yeah a solid like twenty hour long story element for Street Fighter Six that was as engaging and well done with you know cutscenes on the same level as yeah. you know MKX and MK, MK11 yeah. in, uh, like but featuring characters like Ryu and Ken and Chun Li and blah 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 and guy and like they were brought to life in a way that you know. MK has done so well with you know Sub Zero and Scorpion and, and blah, yeah, so on and pe- so forth. People get like into the lore of, yeah. of Mortal Kombat. Big yeah, time. I mean, I watched a fucking Mortal Kombat movie, like, <laughs> and I was excited for it, and it wasn't bad. Um, I don't know that that's something that would excite me about Street Fighter, and I. But 
Yeah. I don't know. Well, you see, because, yeah, it's got, I think it's got to go one way or the other, because I kind of feel like it's trying to straddle the line at the moment. Like, I think hardcore FGC people, at least this is my perception, um, we might be entirely wrong, and maybe we've got to stop talking about it for that reason. (laughs) But, like, I kind of feel that, like, the hardcore FGC people, they're not playing Street Fighter. And then the more casual audience. Yeah. Or or Smash or, like, um, like, the Marvel Power, versus Capcom Power Rangers or Multi Blood or whatever it fucking was, right? And then the more casual people are Smash Brothers because everyone's in Smash Brothers. But then they're like your Mortal Kombat's, um, your Soul Calibers potentially, your Tekkens. So yeah. I, I I think they're kind of like straddling the line. Then I think they just need to just fucking pick a side, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't that's, disagree. but that's my opinion. Guaranteed, Grim is going to be in the fucking comments saying like, "You, you guys are wrong." And we're like, yeah, yeah, well, cool. you know, getting a fighting game fan's perspective on this wouldn't be a bad thing because the other weird thing is we're going to be in the dark for the next few months anyway because they have basically said, hey, I know this trailer was 30 seconds long and didn't tell you anything, but it's all you're going to get <laughs> until summer. So uh-huh. prepare for four months of not knowing jack shit about Street Fighter Six. I guess. <sighs> uh, that's what that means. Yeah. Um, I think there's a trend to not knowing jack shit about stuff lately. Yeah, like for example, do you know what else we don't know jack shit about? But it's making headlines this evening at the time of recording, purely by virtue of the side of its name alone. Oh, what a tease! Go on. I know it's a a the potential return of a beloved RPG that would come about as a uh, as the result of a collaboration, if you will, between Microsoft and Obsidian. I am, of course, talk about talking about a return to the wonderful world of Fallout New Vegas, perhaps even in the form of a Fallout New Vegas 2. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was that kind of meme. Well, meme is maybe a loose term, but it was this thing that people were talking about when Microsoft bought um, Bethesda. And a lot yeah. of people were saying, well, now there's no reason why there couldn't be a Fallout New Vegas 2, because Obsidian made Fallout New Vegas in collaboration with Bethesda, and now the companies are effectively like brother and sister again. Yep. It's it's an interesting move. I think it's a smart move. It definitely sounds something that like Phil Spencer would be pushing for. Totally. But I, yeah. I would imagine that it would like, I kind of feel that Todd Howard has autonomy in that deal anyway, in terms of deciding what they want to do. Right. But, you think he yeah. has to want this for the future of Fallout before... Especially before it's given over to the hands of another studio entirely again. Yeah, yeah, I, like, I, I, yeah, exactly. I, Although I there might Todd- also, there might also be a part of where like Phil Spencer goes to Todd and be like, like you know, Todd, like you got Starfield, and even then, when that's out, like you got a whole other Elder Scrolls game to make, like, but then, but then Obsidian are making like four games at once as well. Like it's tricky. They've got <laughs> yeah, they're fucking- doing a bowed. They've got Avowed, they've got the Outer Worlds 2, and yeah. they are still updating, what's it called, Overgrown or something like that? Oh, the, shit, The Honey, yeah. I Shrunk the Kids uh, yes, yeah, yeah. game. I forget what it's called. Yeah, um, the, the one with, with the spider. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, that gave me one of my favorite jump scares ever, courtesy of uh, our good friend Steph Murphy. Um, <laughs> it was fucking freaky, to be fair. Giant spiders. Don't touch them. In the um, dark, yeah. Nothing yeah. So yeah, it's weird, I guess, on that note, because, I mean, Bethesda are busy, um, Bethesda's RPG team are busy especially, and Obsidian are busy, but apparently these conversations are happening. I mean, it it makes sense. I, I guess, like, the, the thing that you've got to remember from a studio is if a studio is working on one game 
and they don't have the next one teed up. They're, even if you're under an umbrella like Microsoft, like a safety net there, you still need to, you're still going to be in trouble if you don't have the next thing, the gears turning, right? And True. okay, fair, you know, Obsidian on their side, they've got multiple games on the go. Uh, Bethesda, they've got multiple games on the go. But it, I wouldn't be surprised if this is just getting your ducks in a row and yes. saying to Obsidian, well, you're, you're doing a Vowed, which potentially could be released this year or next year. Let's just imagine, mm-hmm. right? You're doing, uh, you've announced Outer Worlds 2. Yes. Uh, judging by how long it took them to make Outer Worlds 1, you wouldn't imagine it would take them too much time. But then right. again, that kind of like joke, t- joke trailer that they had was like, oh, it'll be done when it's done kind of thing, which is like the classic edgy thing that's not edgy anymore to say. <laughs> um, yes. You know, grounded yeah, you, was the um the, grounded yeah the early access game by the way yeah but but you got to think to yourself like those are all known quantities that are actively being worked on and this could very potentially be like hey as soon as one team like your a team is finished working on whatever it is this is what they're going to move on to like it makes sense yeah I think the other thing that backs up the point that you're making is when you go to the horse's mouth uh, on the source of this news report, it sounds just as early as you're suggesting it could be. Uh, it was actually uh, our, our good friend Jeff Grubb of VentureBeat.com who reported on this, oh, and the yes. exact quote is, this is very early, but people have begun to have talks and say these words in sentences, and these <coughs> words are Obsidian and New Vegas 2. And then Grubb added, a lot of people at Microsoft think that this could work and there's a lot of interest to make it happen. Now that, taken from any other context, sounds like it's literally people almost walking around the corridors at Microsoft and being like, someone says the words New Vegas 2 and someone else goes, that would be fucking awesome. Like, we should do that. In which yeah, case, but then, like, that, that's about as early as a video game can get, right? Yeah, but what I was going to say is like, we've potentially been in those situations where people can get some buzzwords someone hears them says that's a great idea you should make it happen and it just stops there yes no exactly yeah because it's one thing saying hey that would be a great idea it's another thing like building a team to make sure shit actually happens yeah exactly jonesy wanted to physically make double jump boots so you know (laughs) i'm I'm gonna ask him if he ever uh, drew up the schematics for those i'd be very (laughs) interested to see how much progress he made yeah fucking hell um so yeah, well, I mean, well, I was about to say we'll have to keep tabs on that, but I'll be honest, we're not going to keep tabs on that because that's probably one of those stories that's going to disappear for many, many years and maybe yeah. come up again in the future and maybe not. And who knows, we'll still be fucking talking on the podcast by then because oh, fingers crossed we'll still be alive. I mean, again, <laughs> I, don't, I was going to get dark. I'm not going to get dark, but yes, I agree. Fingers crossed I'm still alive. And I just want to say, for the record, I don't know where in the world you are, but fingers crossed anyone listening to this stays alive for as long as humanly possible. Yeah, you, you just got to make it to Fallout New Vegas too. And once you play that, you, you can kill over. That's all right. Yeah. I wonder how many of the people who were worried about dying before Elden Ring actually died before Elden Ring. Because statistically, <laughs> some of them would have. Yeah, of course. It, it, you know it would be really funny? Well, I say funny in a, in a morbid way. Like you, you roll credits on Elden Ring, <laughs> and as part of it, it's like in loving memory of those who didn't make it while waiting for this game to come out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Um. Well, Chris, I, mm. I very happily confirm that looking at the clock right now, and again, I don't <laughs> want to break the fourth wall too much, but you 
have made it, you have not died before the release of Elden Ring, because right now, according to my PC, it is 0000 on the 25th of February 2022. Elden Ring is officially out worldwide. Elden Ring day, baby. Which means I'm actually going to throw over to you for a, for a very important question. Could mm. I interest you in any other news stories, or do you think we've got a solid hour and 45 under our belt? Elden Ring's at our fingertips, and it's time to uh, but put a bow on this thing and go out on a high. Yeah, but now you've made me to be out the bad guy. Because no, I say, but, yeah, let's... no, 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 no. Because all I said is, could I interest you in the possibility of another piece of like news? No one knows what the news is. Well, some people might have guessed because we kind of previewed some potential news earlier. <laughs> but no one knows for sure what the news is or how long we talk about it or how interesting a conversation it could be. I'd say, you know, I'm going to throw it out there. One of the things that we've got here that we could potentially talk about, I'm not even that excited about. I don't even know what I'd say about it. Well, then let's talk about it, because that could be a five-minute thing. And then I look like a good guy saying, like, of course, Jamie, let's extend this podcast. Perfect. One of the franchises that I couldn't care less about, which is odd <laughs> considering how much I love the other shit that they do most of the time when they're not doing it well, which they haven't done it well for ages, but they used to do it well before, Bioware. Have that, said is that, the the, next... that is one of the best fucking... Uh breakdowns that we've ever had on this I mean show. like the Bioware are a weird company to bring up because it's I, obviously I still have reverence for them at their best but when you're talking about Bioware at their best you're talking about the majority of a trilogy they made like over a decade ago with the exception of the ending of the entire trilogy that they made a decade ago and then yeah. some people have a weird fetish for Dragon Age Inquisition they're wrong um, and everything <laughs> else is a bit muddy it, you know what it, you know what the equivalent is is like that that band that you listened to their debut album which was fucking quality and then mm. it's just been downhill ever since then but people still kind of like oh yeah remember those dudes yeah I've you know. had pangs of that watching uh, Kanye West throw his mic into the water in frustration this this week. Jesus and I was like, Christ. oh god, where did the where did we all go wrong? Do you remember well, when you were just you know chipmunking fucking Shaka Khan samples and everything was was good and nothing was wrong in the world and now yeah. you're standing in a big puddle stage next to the baby and Marilyn Manson and your fucking <laughs> audio engineer can't sync up the music that's playing with the music that's getting fed into your earpiece so you've been offbeat for the entirety <laughs> of a song that you're performing for the third time because that song was t on the first Donda twice and now it's on the second it's weird. All I'm saying is he that guy should be president. <laughs> yeah, big time. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, but yeah. Bioware. Bioware. Basically, um, Bioware, one of the things we haven't known about for a while is where exactly they are on development of the next Dragon Age project, because that is a project yeah. we have known about for a while. And following a little bit of speculation and a few sort of insider comments about a week or two ago, Bioware have actually come forward and made a statement of sorts saying that they're still, quote, right in the middle of production phase. The other yeah. reason, though, Chris, that they had to make the statement was because they announced this at the exact same time as announcing the departure of Christian Daly, who was an executive producer on Dragon Age. And yeah. for Wasn't anyone, he, isn't he like the fourth one or something? Yeah, basically, for anyone paying attention, uh, he is the latest in several high-profile figures to leave Bioware. Uh, they've been sort of drip-feeding out over the last handful of years. I remember Mark Dara was one of the first to go. I think back in 2020, he was a big figure in both the success yeah. of uh, sort of like Dragon Age Inquisition era Dragon Age. Then he was involved in Anthem and kind of snuck out along the way there when he was supposed to be really leading from the front of this next one. It yeah. feels like EA and Bioware kind of wanted to 
allay fears, make it clear that they still had uh, what they've described as a team of veterans at the helm, which is a word that Bioware and EA love when they're talking about those franchises. Yeah, but you see, you can't do that because you talk about veterans and you're like, Anthem, it's made by our Bioware veterans. Literally, you say, yeah. It's it's uh, Andromeda made by our Bioware veterans. It's like, well, you can't keep on wheeling out these... Bi- like, what, what what are these Bioware veterans? Are they just fucking geriatrics in wheelchairs that just are completely insane? Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, it's, it's a, you're right. It's a very odd thing to lean on, especially when you consider how often they lean on it and how little it means given the modern context of Bioware. Yeah, um, big time. But I guess, yeah, this was their weird attempt to say, hey, look, people are leaving and insiders are starting to speculate on when this game will come out. They really wanted everyone to know that things are going smoothly in their eye, um, that veterans are still at the helm. And while they didn't uh, do or say anything that would narrow down the release schedule for a new Dragon Age, um, the wording of, quote, in the middle of production suggests, hey, don't look forward to this anytime soon. So maybe they're also trying to kind of like, you know, set people at ease there a little bit too. Like, hey, don't don't get hyped yet. But again, that's kind of odd, right? Because they they had what they've had two trailers now for the thing. <sighs> they've I, definitely I, had I, one I lo- big trailer. Yeah, I lose track because sometimes they're not even trailers, right? They're like over the shoulder shots of Bioware employees like doing art and weird three D renders I, and stuff. I think like there that. was one of that, but I think there was one like two minute fucking full on trailer, right? And then there was uh, the which I, th- which I believe was trailer. That- yeah. The announcement no. trailer was the one that was at the Game Awards like fucking four years ago. No, 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 no. There, there was one after that. Right, okay. Cool. And, and it so. was like a full-on one where it's like, oh, these are the characters. And someone's like, oh, there's that fucking dude that did this. Oh, is it like a weird elf guy? Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I remember that trailer now. Yeah. Like, again, I, I don't remember when that was. I'm just looking it up now. Man, you um, know, like... Yeah. For, for like, my... This is my confession. Call me Usher. I've never played a Dragon Age game, and, and I never had a kind of compulsion to anyway, even though on paper you'd kind of imagine it ticks the boxes for me. Yes, I, I have a very similar relationship with Dragon Age, my, but slightly more complicated because I've tried them along the way. I remember yeah. Dragon Age Origins was critically acclaimed, but it was at a time when I was still relatively... I was finding my feet as a gamer, as weird as that sounds. I liked Mass Effect, but there was something about the more hardcore fantasy RPG Mm. trappings of Dragon Age Origins that I was, like, not that wowed by. Dragon Age 2, I ended up jumping in on, which, by most accounts, was a bit of a mistake. It was not as well-received as the first Dragon Age was. And an Inquisition I got for Christmas that year, again, because it was well-received. And I think it was 2014, which was a weird year for releases where, like, I remember if you go back to look at like what won a lot of Game of the Year awards that year, it was like Dragon Age Inquisition and Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor. It wasn't a strong ah, year. right. Yeah, um, yeah. And so I picked it up and I just could not get into it. I like I I bet I reckon I barely even scratched the surface. I don't know what my playtime was, but um yeah, I reckon I barely mm. even scratched the surface. Yeah. And yeah, like it it's a series that if if like if you are a person who's into it you'll kind of, like, defend it to the end of the fucking earth, right? Yes. Actually, do you know what, do what's crazy? I just looked it up now because it was interesting. For anyone wondering, a fantastic website for this, GameAwards.net. Nothing to do with the actual Game Awards, Jeff Keighley's Game Awards, but all they do is collate the number of Game of the Year awards won at different publications by each game in each year. So 2014, okay. Dragon Age Inquisition was number one. It won 139 
uh, Game of the Year awards from different outlets. 103 wow. different outlets, 36 <clears throat> readers' choice. Then going backwards from there, it was Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor, Mario Kart 8, uh, the Smash Bros from that year. <laughs> yeah. I know, crazy, right? Far Cry 4, Bayonetta 2, Alien Isolation, Dark Souls 2, and then Destiny. So, yeah, very strange year, 2014. Oh, yeah, it, it's weird. It, it, I kind of feel like some of those... I can't compute that some of those games came out in the same year. Mm. It's weird going further down. It's like Divinity Original Sin, Sunset Overdrive, Wolfenstein, the, the first Titanfall, oh, um, man, South yeah. Park, The Stick of Truth was that year, The Evil Within was that year. Like, <laughs> You see, that, that sounds like a setup year to me. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's totally a setup year. Um, yeah, and then, and then it goes through it all by outlet, so you can see, like, hey, uh, the Golden Joystick Award winner was Dark Souls 2, and, um, and shit the, like that. The worst, the, the worst Dark Souls game. Yeah, well, I guess we didn't know that at the time. That's maybe the excuse that uh, yeah, fair, they, fair they use. Uh, Sometimes IGN... you could say that the worst Dark Souls game is still a good Dark Souls game. True, actually. I mean, that, is, that I think people probably would make that argument. Chris, one more I want to pick out here just for you. IGN Africa Reader's Choice Award. Oh, yeah. Dragon Age Inquisition. There you go. So there clearly, you go. Uh, it says it all. My African I mean, brethren. They chose for you, I think, on that one. And I'm, I'm sure you agree. Choose. Oh, man. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, a new Dragon Age, eventually. Helmed by veterans. Sure. I, I just want to... I mean, I, I know I'm delaying things myself from... Just jumping into Elden Ring. But one thing that I want to mention. Um, so they're saying that it's right in the middle of the production phase, okay? Yes. But it, it, during our ATG days, we had a series called Game Changers, where we'd kind of like dissect a particular topic. And uh, I think our most viewed Game Changers one was about Bioware and Anthem and how um, the Frostbite engine basically killed Anthem and could kill Bioware and could cause EA to kill Bioware. Um, and it was kind of a dis- dissection on all of that, you know, like a video essay. And in that, with a lot of our research and what was in that video as well, was kind of saying that, like, Anthem didn't really come together until what would we considered in this way of, of speaking the end of the production phase. The right. middle of the production phase, there was still they didn't have a game. They True. hardly had systems, and the, those systems that they did have there, pretty much got almost entirely scrapped until like the last year of the game. Mm. You know, they you often talk about the hockey stick phenomenon of game development, where if you imagine a graph where it's like really really shallow shallow improvement until it gets to the final year, where just steep jolting up into the air. And they got a fucking release. So that that you know, saying right in the middle of the production phase means absolutely fucking nothing to me. True, true. It, it, yes, it doesn't account for a number of different things. It doesn't account for what, like, yeah, like things that they're taking from previous entries or you know, previous RPGs, yeah. or even just previous games that they've worked on. Things that might get scrapped and reworked. Uh, even like development time, right? Like being right in the middle of a two-year development is very different to being right in the year of a tw- middle of a twelve-year development. One's yeah. got a year left, the other has six. <laughs> um, yeah. So you're right. There's so many different ways of reading that. Um, that again, much like 
you know, things like Fallout New Vegas 2 and Street Fighter 6 and the future of Call of Duty, we just won't know until it happens. I didn't realise yeah. how much of a kind of a speculative, forward-looking yeah. podcast this was until we got That's to the end funny. of it. Um, yeah. yeah. But with that, but that is now end, end of it, we are. Yeah, that is the end of it. Um, <laughs> Do you know what, Chris? I think looking at the damage, 12 minutes past midnight, depending on how long this outro is, I think if I'd offered you that before we started recording, you might have taken it. Yeah, I would have taken it, of course. Okay. Uh, hey, listen. First and foremost, I'm here for the podcast and I'm here for the patrons. Secondly, I am here for my my personal gain. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Chris, <laughs> I, honest, I couldn't care less why you're here. I'm just glad you're here. And I would say thank you for joining me on this uh, miraculous episode of the Super Show. And thank you so much to all of you watching mm -hmm. or listening along, whether you're at home or on a commute or whatever the hell you're doing with your lives. And I hope you all, uh, much like Chris will in the coming week, have happy gaming time in your future, no matter what you're playing and what you're playing it on. Um, <laughs> God, um, yeah, if you want to help us keep going and... <laughs> help us! Help us keep going! <laughs> I mean, kind of. I don't know why that tickled me, but it just the way you delivered it was, I was just, just so like, good. I was like... just like, what else have I got to say? You, you, The fucked up thing is, if you got to this point of the podcast, you already know what I have to say. If you're watching on YouTube, like the video and leave a comment, you might be a comment of the week next week. If you're listening on an audio podcasting platform of your choice thank you and rate it five stars uh if you'd like to support us on patreon patreon.com forward slash super show loads of tears loads of rewards um and with any luck we'll see you again the same time next week and in a completely unprecedented move i just want to inform you all that for the second week in a row the food dude delivers remains <laughs> the, uh, the catchphrase <laughs> Well, I'm I'm here for it because that just means we'll finish earlier. So yeah, yeah. Who do delivers? If you want to put a twist on it, just say the food do delivered Elden Ring, and there you go. There or, you got it. Or tell us what the food do delivered. Yeah, what did the food do deliver in your life? Yeah. Anyway, Chris, you've got a food do delivery with your name on it, screaming out for you right now. So I'm not going to take up any more of your time. Thanks Big again time. for for coming along with me on this journey, and I'll see you and the good folks at home again this time next week. Cool. See ya. Nice one. Bye.